This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. We especially want to welcome all of you that are watching online. Glad you're with us here this morning. Hope you got a Bible there someplace. We're going to get into the Word of God. It's going to be good. So thank you again for being with us. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's give our youth a great big round of applause as they go out the door. Appreciate all of them. God's next level and generational world changers. Amen. Praise God for that. We're grateful for that. Amen. Amen. Did y'all bring a Bible with you this morning? Let's open our Bibles together today to Daniel chapter 11 in the Old Testament, if you can find that opening uh, in your Bibles or on your device, whatever it is that you might be using. Daniel chapter 11. I want to welcome all of you this morning. Delighted you can be with us here today. Praise God. As I say so often, so it is true. This is the day the Lord has made. So what is it we're going to do? What else are we going to do? Yeah, we're going to rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah. Every day is a good day with him. Amen. Praise God. All right. Daniel chapter 11, if you can find that opening in your Bibles. And if you would bow your heads with me, we'll just pray and get into the Word of God here right away. Father, we thank you so very much for your grace in our lives. We thank you for the privilege that we have, Father, to come into this house unhindered, unchecked, Father, with all freedom and liberty that we enjoy, and we're so thankful for it, Father, because we realize that many don't have it. But Father, we're here today because we desire to hear from you. And so Father, for these few moments we have together, I thank you for giving us utterance in the Holy Ghost. I also thank you, Father, for giving us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to believe. And so Father God, I thank you that we'll come away uh, blessed Glad we came, hallelujah, edified because of what it is that you've spoken to our hearts. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Notice with me in Daniel chapter 11, I just want to pick out one verse of scripture here in uh, verse 32. If you'd read it with me, it says, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Let's read that one more time. And such as do wickedly against the covenant, shall he corrupt by flatteries, but the people that do know their God shall be strong. Everybody say, I'm strong. And shall do exploits. King James, you know, italicizes the word exploits. Praise God. In other words, uh, uh, one translation says they'll, they'll take action. You know, there's something about the child of God who knows his father that lives differently, that thinks differently, that walks differently, that acts differently. I want to talk to you this morning about the power that there is in having faith in God. And you know, whether you realize it or not, you've got faith. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So you do have faith. It might be small. It could be great. It could be weak. It could be strong. But you've got some if you're a child of God. Everybody say, thank God for that. Yeah, so God has given us faith. One of the things that Jesus told his disciples was, is he said, have faith in God. You know, how many of you know having faith is a choice? I said, it's a choice. You can either have faith or you can decide not to. You know, in that particular story, Jesus had cursed a fig tree. He said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And the Bible says the disciples heard it. Well, the next day they walked by and the thing is drying up, withering from the root up. And, you know, Peter calling to remember said, Lord, the tree that you cursed is withered away. Now, you know, I, I know a lot of folk, you know, they might have a hard time with the idea of speaking to an inanimate object, but that's exactly what Jesus did, and the thing died. Well, in the context of that, when Peter made, you know, drew everyone's attention to this cursed fig tree, and it was dying, Peter turned to them and said, have faith in God. In other words, have faith in what God has said. Have faith in what it is that you say. 
He said, For verily I say to you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and not doubt in his heart, but believe that the things which he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Now, you know, a lot of folk, they don't like the old confession, you know, theology and things like that. You know, they, they somehow, you know, they, they equate it with, you know, well, that's that blab it and grab it and name it and claim it group. You know what I'm saying? But I'll tell you this much about the things that come out of your mouth. If the theology of confession is placed within its proper context, it means everything about your life and the direction that it takes. James says that your tongue is like a rudder, and it takes the ship wherever it will. And so whether you believe it or not, that's entirely up to you. But whether you believe it or not, the things that you allow to escape your lips means the difference between victory and defeat. If you talk defeat all the time, you'll have defeat. But praise God, if you'll start talking victory and start talking about what it is that God has said, how that he has redeemed you from the curse of the law, instead of allowing the curse to crawl all over you, I'll guarantee you, praise God, your life will be different. So, so much of what it is that we say is so important. And that's a very big and important part of faith. And God wants you to have strong faith. And again, I want to just, you know, put this in you, praise God, so that you'll understand the power that there is in faith in God. Hallelujah. Now, as we go on here, you know, and thinking about this, faith in God, I mean, it's a game changer. It changes your life. How many of you have had your life changed because of faith? Huh? Of course. And faith in God puts us over in life. I'm so glad to discover the will of God through the Bible so that I could know what the will of the Lord is. So many people, you know, in so many circles, you know, they're, they're, you know the will of God is somehow so ambiguous and such a mystery. Well, no, it's not. It's right here. This is the last will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we can find out exactly what it is that God said, what it is he promised, what it is that he wills for our lives. I was never so glad to have that, you know, to discover it and to be able to say, glory to God, now I don't have to walk around in the dark. I can know exactly what God wants to do in my life and I can claim it, praise God, walk in the light of it and enjoy heaven's best. Can you say amen? amen. Glory to God. I'm telling you, the Word of God is rich, and it's full, and it's full of life. Hallelujah. But you know, when you look back in history, I mean, in the Scriptures and different things of that nature, everyone, every person, man or woman, young boy, young child, whatever, girl, everyone who chose to fear God and obey Him came out on top. I tell you, when you choose to fear God and obey Him, you're going to come out on top. You know, it may not look like it at the time, and you may have thought that maybe you lost, but I'm telling you this much about it. When you fear and obey God, you win. And the truth is, is that, you know, <clears throat> I'm not, again, suggesting you that we don't have challenges within our lives, but I'm telling you what, when you obey and fear God, you're on the right road, and you will come out on top. Hallelujah. We endure incredible battles sometimes, but in the end, we become the winners. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that today? So here's the thing that, you know, when talking about the power of faith within your life, this is an important key that I want you to get this morning. Now, you know, if Pastor Brian was here, you'd have an outline. He probably had written half of it down, well, probably nine-tenths of it down, and you just fill in a blank. I ain't got one of them. You just get your little scribbler out there and get after it. Hallelujah. But here's a very important key. The, the men and women that had victory in their lives, made choices. Now listen, they made choices. You make choices every day. I mean, when you, you know, gain consciousness, you said, I need coffee. Maybe that's not what you said. Maybe you said, I need Mountain Dew. I don't know what you said. But you, you know, something moved you in a direction to do whatever it is that you made a choice. Are you with me? You made a choice to be here this morning. But here's the thing about you know, the power of faith in your life. And that is that men and women that make choices to do life God's way. Did you hear that? 
You can do life. You say, well, what's that mean? What's that mean, you know, to, to do life God's way? Well, didn't God give us a commandment that we were supposed to love one another? So you have to make a decision or a choice that I'm going to do life God's way and love people. Huh? You say, yeah, but a lot of times I don't feel like it, Pastor. Well, welcome to the party. All the time there are times when we don't feel like it. Some people are a whole lot easier to love than others. Have you noticed that? Maybe you're sitting by them. I don't know. But the truth of the matter is that we're to love one another. That's God's way. And if you want to win in life, if you want to do life His way, then you have to obey. You have to fear God and do what He said. And that it will always pr produce a predictable result in your life. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Yes, it will. I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll change everything about you. Now, it does take character. Oops. You got to become your own person, dude. You got to decide that I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, and if he tells me to do this, I'm going to do it whether I want to or not. That's character. Are you listening to me? And it takes discipline. And it takes diligence. All these words we don't like to talk about. But the reality is, is that if you want God's best in your life, if you want to experience the power that is in faith, then praise God, you got to become a person that has some character about you. In other words, when you give your word, you keep it. Huh? When you say you're going to do something, you do it. Because otherwise you're going to be weak. And God doesn't want you weak. The people that do know their God shall be what? strong, and do exploits. Hallelujah. So God doesn't want you to be a weak Christian. He wants you to be a strong. He wants you to have a conviction about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to apologize for your faith. He doesn't want you to be ashamed of your faith. Ha Come on. No, he wants you, praise God, to stand up and be accounted for as a child of the living God. And you can do it, glory to God, because of the choice you make. These men and women of the past in history that we look at, and we're going to look at some of them, they chose to follow. They chose to obey the instructions that are given in the Word of God. And that's really what faith is. Faith is finding out what the Bible has to say, what God has said, and saying, I'm in. Huh? I'm going to do that. I'm going to walk in love. I'm, not, I'm going to put away corrupt communication. I'm going to stop, you know, doing things that are displeasing to my heavenly Father. I'm going to obey the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Because really, at the end of the day, there's nothing more important in all of life than to obey Him. Okay, six of you thought that was an idea that might be okay. I said in all of life, there's nothing more important than you and I obeying Him. Thank you. It's true. Nothing. I mean, at the end of your, you know, our measly, feeble, finite lives, come on. You know, when you're young, you think you're going to live forever. When you get a little older, Bubba, guess what? The complexion and the, and the, and the, the view of things change. Our lives are so, and James tried to tell us, he says, what is your life? Isn't it, isn't it nothing more than a vapor of smoke that appears for a little while and then poof, vanishes away? It's like lighting a stick match, man, blowing it out. And as, <clears throat> excuse me, as long as that smoke lasts, there's your life. Kind of short. I said kind of short. So it behooves us as the children of God for the short period that we, we have to giddy up and do what it is that God wants us to do in this life. With everything, you know, that we see going on in the world, how many of you know there's some stuff going on? You can't even make this stuff up, man. I mean, it's hilarious. Well, it is and it isn't. But I mean, it's crazy, you know. But everything that's going on in the world, the believer needs to strengthen his or her resolve in, 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 to live in a way that's going to please our Heavenly Father. And so what I mean by that is to live godly, not ungodly, live godly. Don't live like the world, live like God wants you to live. To live biblically, to live a lifestyle that is pleasing to Him, and to live a life that is without compromise. 
You know, you think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, they said, hey, listen, we, there's not a problem here. We've already made up our mind. We're not bowing down to that image you just made. Because our God is going to deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. That's, not, that's what I call no compromise. In other words, you want me to, you know, bow down to your idol, but I'm saying, nope, I'm staying with the living God. Aren't you glad they did that? I said, aren't you glad they did that? Yeah, we're glad they did. Why? Because, praise God, we have a testimony of something miraculous and supernatural that occurred when they got thrown into that furnace and Jesus jumped in there with them. I'll tell you what, Jesus will jump in with you too. If you'll decide you're not going to compromise, that you're not going to, you know, go the way of the world, do what the world says, you know, try to keep everybody happy. Guess what? You're never, ever going to keep everybody happy. How many of you have discovered that already? If you haven't, you will. If you do, I mean, you know, if you go down the road of life very long, I'm guaranteeing you there are going to be people that aren't happy, especially these days, man. Ain't nobody happy about nothing. Huh? But thank God you can stay happy. Can you say Amen. And you do it by obeying God. Here's something the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 58. He said, therefore, be, he said, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is never in vain in the Lord. Let me read that to you one more time now that you got it. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. As a born-again, spirit-filled believer, you have everything you need to wage war successfully against anything and everything that's being assailed against you. It could be oppression. It could be depression. It could be anxiety. It can be fear. It can be intimidation. It can be all of these different kinds of things. But I'm telling you what, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. We just need to discover who it is that's on the inside of us and begin to walk in the light of what it is he said. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Now look at this verse of scripture again. Daniel chapter 11 verse 32. Notice what it says. As such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries, but the people that do know their God, they shall be strong and they will do exploits. Now, you know, Daniel was no no doubt talking about his own Uh, time period and things of that nature, but it has a prophetic application to you and and our generation and the time in which you and I are now living in. The people that do know their God are going to be strong. I said the people that do know their God are going to be what? They're going to be strong. And you say, well, that's just it. You know, I'm not so strong. You know, you're stronger than you think you are. I tell you what, you've got more in you than what you realize. The devil will do everything he can to try to tell you that you don't have anything. But the truth of the matter is, is that you got a lot. And what is that? you got him. And he's on the inside of you. And that's why it's important, praise God, for us to know the truth so that the truth can make us free. But, but here's, here's the principle that I want you to catch in this verse. People that really do know their God are going to thrive, and they're going to do better. I was never so happy as to discover that God wanted to give me an abundant life. When I found John 10, 10, dude, I went nuts. You say, well, what's that, what's that say? You should know. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, but I came so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. Now, why is it in the church world that we got to be so down in the mouth, sucking on a sour whatever all the time, you know, always talking defeat and all of this and that? I mean, I'm telling you, that whole theology is from hell. You have been made more than a conqueror through him that loved you. He wants you to win in life. He doesn't want you to live defeated. You know, well, you know, after all, you know, we have this cross to bear. Uh, I think Jesus took care of the cross business. Amen? Are you listening to me? 
Now, there may be things that you and I have to endure in order to do the will of God. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying to you. But you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's that whole, you know, well, I want to call it victim's mentality. You're not a victim. You're a victor. Jesus went to a cross and died for you so that you could win. So you need to start thinking different. That's why the Bible says that we're to renew our mind to the Word of God. But again, people that really know God, uh, you know, they're going to do better in life. And they're going to thrive. And, and when I say knowing God, what do I mean by that? I mean, that's, that's, that's a legit question. What do I mean by that? People need to know God's character. They need to know who He is. They need to know His nature. And all of these things are things we discover in the Bible, in the Word of God, through the Gospels and all the letters that the uh, different writers wrote, and even in the New Te- or Old Testament as well. But this is where we discover who our God is, what His nature is. But the devil, the God of this world, is a liar. And he lies about the nature of our God. He lies about the care. Well, if God really loved you, then how come you're this or that or the other? Well, a lot of times the things that are going on in our life don't have anything in the world to do with God. They're cloaked in a veil of hell doing everything it can to get you to disbelieve what the Bible says. And that's why, praise God, the Bible says that when our faith goes on trial, we're supposed to resist the devil and he will flee. God's word didn't change because you got in trouble. The truths of God's word don't change when affliction, persecution, test, trial, whatever comes our way. God's word is still true. And that's what you need to hold on to. That's what it means to be strong and praise God, take action. Instead of, you know, bailing, cutting and running, you know, saying, well, I guess it don't work. God's Word works, dude. How many dudes do we have here today? Kind of dates me, I'm sure, yes. The Apostle Paul, when he was uh, talking to the church there in Philippi, he was talking about having given everything and counting everything loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Here's a guy that was studied, learned, I mean disciplines that are way beyond anything you and I know anything about, and yet he was still clueless. You know, you can fill your head with a whole bunch of stuff, but if your heart is not in the hands of your father, you are without anything. And he said, I have, I have chucked all of that so that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And I tell you what, praise God, when it comes to all this religious thinking that people have and so on and so forth, you know, we just need to get rid of all that, find out what the Bible says, and walk in the light of that. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So in regard to knowing him, you know, it's only when we surrender. You're not going to know God until you surrender to him. It's called being born again. It's, it's called the new birth. It's, it's called becoming a child of God and where you, are, you humble yourselves before Him so that He can teach you. Because it's the humble ones that get exalted and the, and the proud ones that get abased. And you don't want to be a part of that crew. Are you listening to me? So to really know Him, it happens when we surrender our hearts to His Lordship so that we can really come to know him. You know this scripture that we read in Daniel, another translation says that he will flatter and win over those who have violated the covenant. He's talking about the leadership of that time. But the people who do know their God will be strong. You know, there's a bunch of stuff going on. You talk about flattery. You talk about a bunch of lying that's going on right now. Shall he corrupt through flatteries Though, you know, and make void the covenant, but the people that know their God, they're going to be strong. We're not going to buy into that. Are you kidding me? Come on. We know better than that. We're going, to, we're going to take action. We're going to do what it is that needs to be done. We're not going to buy into the lie of the world. Are you listening to me? Huh? 
And that's what's happening. People are being corrupted by these, these flatteries, if you want to call it that. You know what a flattery is? Flattery is something that you do to people in order to get something from them. People that flatter you want something from you. There is a difference between flattery and a, com- and a, a compliment. You know, I used to tell young kids all the time, especially girls, you need to know the difference between when somebody's trying to flatter you and when they really are giving you a compliment. Because the same principle holds true. If they're flattering you, they're after something. Well, the same thing principally is true within the world. And he said right here, he said, you know, in this scripture it says that he will flatter and win over those who have violated the covenant but the people that know their God will be strong and resist him. Another verse of scripture says, or a translation says, he shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant, but the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. How many action takers do we have here today? Huh? God wants us to stand firm in what we know and believe about him in the face of opposition and in the face of lies. But again, if you're a believer full of the Holy Ghost, you've got what it takes to stand strong. Stand strong. You know, uh, when Paul was writing to the uh, church there in Ephesus, he said, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. You don't have to apologize for being a believer. You don't have to apologize for being a child of God. You ought to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. Hallelujah. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high and heavenly places. So take this stuff to you. And the first thing he tells you to do is gird your loins with the truth. People are just having this stuff, you know, slammed down their throat. And, and, and you know, I just think to myself, you got to be kidding me. Because people are, you know, they want to believe it or they choose to believe it, I guess is a better way of putting it. But I tell you, God wants us to live with resolve and he wants us to live with godly conviction. Be strong. In the Lord and in the power of His might. We were just talking to someone here not long ago, and they got to talking about, <clears throat> you know, somebody was going to move in the family, and they were trying to find the place that they could move because, after all, the earth is going to get hotter and hotter. And so we got to find the coldest place we can find or whatever. Well, they chose Oregon. I thought, that's a great place. Why don't they plant themselves in Portland with all the rest of those crazy people, and then everything will be great. Now, I didn't say that, but I sure thought it pretty strong. It's crazy. You know, everybody's worried about, you know, climate control and all that. Listen, I want to tell you something. There's something going on in the world in which you and I live that is a whole lot more dangerous than climate control. And it's called a button with a guy with his finger on it that he can push. And when that happens, if it happens, whenever it happens, you're not going to have to worry about climate control. There's going to be a whole lot of other things to worry about other than that. Can you say amen? Amen. So if you want to pray about something, pray about that. I don't know how all this is going to work out. I'm just knowing that Jesus is coming and he's going to take us away. That's what I know. Amen. Well, don't you think you should know about all this? Listen, when you get that all figured out, why don't you let me know? The Bible says no one knows the hour or the time. He just said, stay ready. My, op- my, my obligation, my responsibility is to stay ready. May I be found doing what it is he asked me to do when he comes. Huh? Whenever that is. Huh? I mean, if he shows up, it'll be a surprise. I guarantee it'll be a surprise. I guarantee it'll be a surprise. And it's going to be so glorious. Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you, my brother, my sister, you have such a bright future in front of you. Even though there's all this nonsense going on, glory to God, we can rejoice in Him. Amen? So let's become better acquainted with our Father through the Word of God. You know, I I would liken it this way. You know, let's just say that you have, you're talking to someone, and you have a, 
uh, a mutual friend between the two of you, and you know this friend very closely, intimately, and uh, uh, yeah. And so this person that you're talking to, you know, they start talking about this same individual, and all of a sudden they start making uh, references, you know, just, just innuendos and I call it scuttlebutt, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, of, of just, uh, you know, bad news about this person and, you know, what it is at this and that and the other and whatever. And, and you are on the other end of this and you say, no, 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 wait a minute, uh-uh. No, that is not the person that I know. The person that I know is filled with integrity. The person that I know keeps his word. The person that I know is truthful and honest. The person that I know would do anything for you. I don't know who it is that you're talking about, but I'm telling you the guy that I'm talking about has got all of those qualities and there is nothing in him that I would ever concern myself with with regard to his faithfulness. Well, you know what? The same thing's true in our relationship with God. You know, because people start talking about all kinds of things because they think they know God. Well, you know this, that, or the other, whatever, and you can just say, uh-uh, that's not the God I know. The God that I know is faithful and true and honest and just, and He stands beside me, and He'll never leave me or forsake me. And thank God He's put Himself in me so that He is for me and not against me. You know, God's for you. The devil will tell you, well, God's not really for you. I mean, if he was, wouldn't he be blah, 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 blah? You know, just begin, again, because things are going on in your life, that doesn't mean that God, you know, forsook you or that he said, well, you're on your own, buddy. Best of luck. That's not who our God is. Our God stands right beside us all the time. And he's ever ready, praise God, to show himself strong in our behalf. How many of you believe that today? And yet there's so many times in our lives we have to deal with these kinds of things. In other words, you can say, you don't know him like I know him. And I'll tell you what, people that know God, they're going to do better in life and they're going to thrive. Why? Because they know who he is. That's not my God. That's not his character. That's not his nature. You know, people think, you know, bad things happen to people and somehow or another God is, you know, tied into all of that. People ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Ever heard that one before? Maybe you've asked it. You know, sometimes there are things that go on in our lives. And I don't have time to unpack all of that, but I can just tell you this much. God is not against you. He's for you. Okay? We'll talk about that on another occasion. So you got to settle these things. you got to do some choosing about what it is that you're going to believe. Oh, well, you know, my mom and dad, they said, blah, 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 blah. Well, again, thank God for mom and dad. I ain't pounding them. But I'm telling you, if it's not according to the Bible, maybe you need to think something differently. Thanks for your excitement. Hallelujah. Boy, this is going over great, honey. Start the car. Let's talk about, let's talk about a couple people, you know, if we can quickly, in the Old Testament. Let's talk about Daniel. We're here anyway. Why don't you back up chapter 6, and let's talk about this incident about him being in a lion's den. Okay, chapter 6, if you can find that there in your Bibles. Now, do you know why he ended up in a lion's den? Well, it was because of a conspiracy against him. It was because he had an excellent spirit and that there was no, you know, air within him. And what ended up happening, you know, when, when well... Just a little quick synopsis, you know, a little backstory. Uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, when, when Nebuchadnezzar went down into Jerusalem and Judah and seized that whole thing and, uh, and uh, captured all of it, he brought these four back and he put them within his palace kingdom thing so that they could learn the ways of the Chaldeans. He chose these, these young men because of their position, status, you know, so on and so forth. So anyway, Daniel, you know, he grew up in Nebuchadnezzar's uh, reign, and then he also was part of Belshazzar, which was a son to Nebuchadnezzar. And then in this story right here, he's under the leadership of Darius, 
the Mede, you know, the Medes and the Persians were together. So, man, they're always conquering each other. But, you know, Daniel just keeps sliding through them all, you know, and ends up on top. You know, cream comes to the top. Huh? How many of you are cream? Praise God. So, anyway, <clears throat> when Darius, when the Medes, and the, the Medes came down and apprehended everything, you know, in Babylon and all that, and they, he became the leader, he put... He, he, he put these princes, 120 princes, in charge of all of, his, of this realm, and then he had three what they call presidents, and one of them was Daniel. And Daniel had it going on. And I think more than anything, it was jealousy, because this guy was smart, and God's blessing was on him, and he was being promoted. And I think sometimes in your lives, the same thing can hold true, that God will begin to bless you, and people will hate you for it, but you can't help you know, that if God wants to bless you, then so be it. Are you listening to me? So just go ahead and enjoy it and rejoice in it. Praise God. Be the person that God wants you to be. And that's all he was doing. So they decided because of his, his disciplines, because of his diligence, because of his integrity, because of his faithfulness, they said there ain't no way we can find something against this guy unless we can do it in the law of his God. So they hatched this conspiracy. They thought, I know what we'll do. We'll go over and we will flatter, flatter, flatter. Shall he corrupt by flattery? We'll flatter Darius and tell him how wonderful he is and that no one should bow down to anybody but him for 30 days. Because we know that Daniel daily worships God three times. Well, when the decree came out, you know, and Darius said, you know, that's a good idea. I kind of like that. Let's do that. Next 30 days, ain't nobody worshiping nothing but me. Okay? So what did Daniel do when he heard the decree? He went back to his house with his windows open. He didn't apologize. He didn't, you know, go crawl in a hole someplace. He continued to pray and worship God as he always had. And what did it do? Got him in a lion's den. Well, listen, I'm telling you guys, I want you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And I don't want you to apologize for your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand up, glory to God. Stand up in the name of Jesus. Be accounted for. Don't be weak. Don't be, you know, somebody that's just like mamby-pamby and, you know, wishy-washy about all. I mean, be strong. The world needs your testimony. They need it. The world is going to hell. And they need to know what it is that you know. Somebody needs to stand up. Are you listening to me? So, you know, Darius knew that the whole thing had been hatched as a conspiracy against Daniel. But because of the decrees of the Medes and the Persians, he couldn't turn it around. And so, you know, he tried to figure out a way. And they said, oh, no, king, can't do that. This cat's got to go in the lion's den. And so Darius says, Daniel, your God will be with you. Well, if you're Daniel, you better know that that's true. Huh? Well, of course, they threw him in the den. And the Bible says that the king spent the night without sleep. No comfort whatsoever. Early in the morning, at the hatch of dawn, he came to, this, to the, to the uh, uh, cave or whatever den, you know, that all this was in. He said, oh, Daniel, is your God able to deliver you from these lions? And out of the bowels of that place came, oh, king, live forever. Hallelujah. What a day. What a time. What a, what a rejoicing glory to God. And I tell you what, Darius snatched that guy up out of there, and guess who ended up in there? Yeah, all of the guys that created, you know, how <laughs> that's awesome. Not only did they take the lives of all of them, the wives, the kids, everything that represented uh, these families disappeared. And the Bible says that these lines had them before they hit the ground. Yeah, that's not cool. You know, we're not so uh, keen sometimes to deal with sin uh, the way maybe sometimes we should. Amen. I mean, you got sin in your life, dude. You don't leave some of it in. You get it all. Everybody say all. 
You get it all out, not just part of it. Well, can't we just keep? No. No. Because a little leaven leavens a whole lump, doesn't it? Well, here's the thing. The whole reason I use that story is I'm telling you what, dear friend, praise God. Are, how many children of God do we have here? Okay. If you're his child, and you are, if you're his child, then praise God, he'll deliver you out of the lion's den too. Amen. Just don't move, praise God, because I tell you, he'll do it. Another story, real quickly, is David and Goliath. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. I had you turn there, but we never did read any of it, did we? It's better I just tell the story, right? You can read it for yourself. It's powerful. But go to 1 Samuel. Maybe we'll read some of this one, since you didn't get to read that one. Chapter 17. Y'all glad you came today? Come on now. Hallelujah. It's like the fourth or fifth day of fall. How many of you are excited about that? How many of you want summer to come back? Gallagher, really? Wow. I guess you and my wife need to talk. Hallelujah. Fall's okay. It's the winter part, right? Okay, yeah. thought I could find some agreement there. You know the story of David and Goliath. He's a... 15, maybe 17-year-old kid. And, um, you know, Goliath, he came out. And that's the way the world does, you guys. It'll come out and it'll stand up. It'll just get in your face, get up in your grill. Just say, this this Bible stuff ain't true. You bunch of Bible-thumping outfits, bunch of fanatics, blah, 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 blah. Let them talk. Let them bark. Are you listening to me? They're going to find out. I said, they're going to find out. And when they discover it, it ain't going to be too cool, I can tell you that. Yeah, so defiant. So, so. And the thing you have to realize is, is that it's not really about you. It's the one in you that they're really upset about. Are you with me? So anyway, Goliath is coming against uh, Saul and his kingdom and his armies. And he said, let's just get another guy out and, you know, we'll fight. And whoever wins will be... Uh, the others will be servant to the one who wins. Well, nobody took him up on this. But then, of course, you know, when uh, Daniel, or excuse me, David showed up, let's jump into this in uh, chapter 17, verse 32. So David, now he's a teenager, okay? He's a 15-year-old kid. And in verse uh, 32, David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servants will go out and fight with this Philistine. Who does that? Who, I mean, I don't really, it doesn't make any difference how old you are. But I mean, we're talking about a 15-year-old kid that says, hey, you don't have to worry about, let no man's heart fail him for another moment. I'll go out. Who does that? Huh? Somebody that knows their God. And they are ready, and they are strong, and they are going to take action. Would you not say that's true? David could have never done what he did if he didn't know who his God was. So even though he was out there doing some minuscule kind of job, taking care of his father's sheep, all that time he's putting the word in, putting the word in, putting the word in, putting the word in, putting the word in. And thinking about and meditating on who his God is. So when the, when the time came, baby, he was ready. Not in himself and his own strength, but thank God he was strong in the Lord, was he not? So he says in verse 32, I'll do it. Verse 33, Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight against him. You're but a youth, and, a man, and he is a man of war from his youth. And David said to Saul, Oh, I love this. Because, you know, here's the king, and he's telling him, you can't do it. And I mean, you know, there had to be some uh, influence or power to what it was that the king was saying. But you know what? David, man, he just fired right back. He goes, nope, you got that wrong. Yeah, I may be young, and he may be a warrior from his youth, but I'm telling you, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you what I know. Huh? Come on. Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that's within you. Notice what he says, and David said in verse 34, he said, your servant kept his father's sheep. 
And there came out a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him. You know, Christians, come on now. Sometimes you got to giddy up and get out and get after it. Oh, you know, they took that from me. Go get it. Huh? Don't let the devil steal your stuff. So anyway, he says here, i got to keep reading. Uh, Verse 35, and I went out after him, and I smote him, and I delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by the beard, I smote him, and I slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, listen, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. And then David said, moreover, the Lord delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, and he is going to deliver me. He is going to, deli- he is going to, he is going to deliver me. Yes. He didn't say, well, I'm going to go. We'll see what happens. No, he said, he's going to deliver me. Yes. Are you with me? And I tell you what, praise God, you got to get to the place where you know he's going to deliver us. He's going to deliver me out of this need that's in my life. He's going to deliver me out of this lack that I'm experiencing. He's going to deliver me out of this sickness or illness or whatever. He's going to deliver me. But sometimes we're so hesitant. You know, we don't want to make that declaration because what if it don't work? Well, we're not planning on what if it don't work, and we're not just trying it. We're in. And this verse of Scripture here, as we read, he said, He did this, and he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And and Saul said to David, Well, okay then. Go, and the Lord be with you. Huh? Well, he was with him, wasn't he? Now, uh, let's go drop down to verse uh, 44 for the sake of time. He went out there after him. The Philistine said to David, he said, come to me and I'm going to give your flesh to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. And then David said to the Philistine, he says, listen, dude, he didn't say that, but again, work with me on this. He said, you come, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield, but I want you to know, praise God, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The, uh, the God of the armies of Israel, the one whom you have defied. And I'm telling you this day, he is going to give me into your hand, or no, other way around. I'm, he's going to give you into my hands, and I'm going to take your head from you. That's pretty bold, isn't it? Well, the people that do know their God shall be what? Strong and go after it. That's exactly what he did. He said, come to me, boy. And I tell you what, David, praise God, lit out on a dead run toward this guy. And while he's running, he reaches down in his satchel or pouch, and he gets himself one, and he puts it in his sling, and he starts doing this number. And he, I mean, wham! And you know, at that moment, Goliath thought, that has never, ever entered into my mind. It's a joke. Anyway, he drops down, and David doesn't have any kind of a weapon to kill him with, so he takes his own sword. That's a terrible thing, to get killed by your own sword. Took his head off. Well, listen, when that happened, guess what? Everything changed. The whole atmosphere changed. I mean, we have breakthrough. Huh? And all of a sudden, these Philistines realize their champion is dead. And all of a sudden, what David has done has emboldened, for some reason or another, all of the armies of Israel. And they're saying, hey, giddy up! And they chased him down and killed them all. Well, I'll tell you this much about it. The same God that did that will do it for you. Are you with me? Are you listening to me? Stay with me here, praise God. Because these things, you know... It's so important for us that realize this. You might have some giants in your land today, in your life, this morning, that you're having to deal with, you know, that need to be killed. It might be fear, intimidation, worry, care, anxiety, procrastination, anger, pride. I don't know what it is, but tell you what, let's just stick the, let's take the sword and cut the head of it off in the name of Jesus so that you don't have to live in fear. 
that you don't have to be intimidated, that you don't have to carry all this worry and fear. My God, what's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. Jesus is coming again. And not only that, but he is going to take care of all of his own in the meantime. Hallelujah. It's a great time to be alive. Amen. If you weren't alive, you wouldn't be able to see this live and in color. As it is, we're right in the middle of it. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. I mean, listen, you guys, your heavenly Father's everything the Word says He is. We just need to believe it. He's our Father. I said He's our Father. And when you have a Father, I mean, a good Father, He takes care of you. Isn't that right? Huh? You know? And so that, again... It kind of gets back to this thing about understanding and knowing and understanding the nature and the character of God. God's a good God. Huh? James, he writes pretty emphatically about this. He says, do not err, beloved brother, and don't make this mistake. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turn. Well, you know, sometimes God does this. No. I said no a thousand times no. God is good to all. Period. So don't make this error. Every good gift, every perfect comes from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning of his own will. He chose to beget you or give birth to you so you could be born again. Are you with me? Well, how do you explain this? Well, it's not God. Sometimes things are going on in our lives and we're the ones it's self-imposed. And we got to make some changes. Sometimes it is the devil. And what we need to do is resist him in Jesus' name. Are you listening to me? You know? Sometimes things are going on in our lives because of what we don't know. Our lack of knowledge causes us to be destroyed. But thank God we don't have to stay that way. Are you listening to me? Hmm. Hallelujah. Well, I don't even know how to end this. What do you think we should do, baby? She goes, you're asking me? Yeah. Jesus, I'll close with this. Is it really 11 o'clock? It's really 11 o'clock. Okay. Jesus, when he came and began his ministry, he preached, repent, because the kingdom of heaven is here. It's near. Okay? So the first point of deliverance and being set free is to give your heart to Christ. I mean, give him all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Not just part of it. You're not... You know, thinking about it as, I don't want to go to hell, you know, I don't want to go to hell, but I really like to do all my dirt. No, that's not the way it works. You surrender your heart to him and give him your life, and he'll change your world, baby. But he came and he revealed the Father, and he would use all these parables to try to teach people about God. He would use a parable as an earthly uh, example that illustrates a spiritual truth. He'd talk about the trees, he would talk about, you know, seed, he would talk about these different things. In one place, in Matthew chapter 7, he makes reference to this, and he tells these people, the Sermon on the Mount is beautiful, you guys, chapters 5, 6, and 7, beautiful. And in chapter 7, he said, ask, and it will be given to you. So, so in other words, he's, he's talking about your father, and, and this is a concept that most of these people didn't know anything about because they didn't know that they were going to end up being born of the Spirit of God and God was going to become their Father. They knew Him as Jehovah. They knew Him as, you know, God and all of that. But they didn't know Him as Father. So Jesus is saying, you're, there's coming a day when you're going to know Him just this way and this is how He is. This is what He's like. So He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek. And you'll find, knock, and it shall be. Now, immediately people say, well, I've been asking. You know, I, ain't, I ain't heard nothing. You know, I've been seeking, and I didn't, nothing shows up. You know, I knocked on the door for an hour, and I got tired, and I quit. You know, so I don't think that's true. Well, okay, so, so what am I to do here? I've got God or the Lord Jesus Christ telling me this, and then I've got you telling me this. Who do you think I'm going to believe? 
Yeah, absolutely. He said, if you ask, you receive. If you seek, you'll find. If you not. I, I don't know what the impasse is because you haven't gotten the answer that you're looking for. Maybe you did get the answer and you don't like that one. Okay, I'll go over here. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that goes on in people's hearts we don't know anything about. But he did say, ask and you receive. He said, for everyone that asks, receives. Everyone that seeks, finds. And to him that knocks, it's open to him. He then went on in this explanation. He says this. He says, what man is there or father? What father is there? If his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? And then he went on to say, he said, if you then being evil or natural know how to give good gifts. Everybody say good gifts. Say it again. Good gifts. If you know how to give good gifts to your, where do you think that came from? A father's place in a home wanting to give good things to his children. That nature came from heaven. And he said, if you then being natural or evil know how to give good gifts to your, how much more? Everybody say, how much more? How much more? How much more? How much more will your father, which is in heaven, give good things? Everybody say, good things. Good things to him that asks. So just settle it. God has good for me. I mean, even, then, even when you go stupid and are just, you know, flying upside down, he still has good things for you. He can't help it. Why? Because he loves you. He is love. So even though when you're doing absolutely wrong, God still has your best interest and good things for you if you'll do what, you, what, what, he, what he tells you. Are you with me? Got time for one more scripture? Let's talk about this. This is the last one. I promise. Hallelujah. Okay. Matthew chapter uh, 6. We're just backing up a chapter. Jesus again is talking. He said, no man can serve two masters. For either he's going to hate the one and love the other, or he's going to hold the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and money. Okay. Therefore, I say to you. So he's just, he's just, you know, how many of you think he told us the truth? You know, if you're chasing money, dear friend, you're doing the wrong thing. Okay? Do we need money? Yes. It's a medium of exchange within the world in which we live. But I tell you what, he said, if you'll seek him first, then all that stuff will be added to you. Now, you've got to do what you've got to do, and you've got to be responsible. And again, that's a whole other thought. But notice what he says here. He says, uh, he says, you cannot serve God in money. Therefore, I say to you, take no thought for your life. Now, let's qualify that because, again, in context, sometimes people will get all mixed up about it. I'm not saying that you don't have to be responsible. We're talking about anxious thought. There's a difference between planning, being responsible, and being anxious. Okay? So he says, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, drink, or your body, what you'll put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowl of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap or gather into barns. And yet your, what's that, what's that? Heavenly Father feeds them. Now, my wife is an instrument to the assistance of God when it comes to feeding the birds. Okay? It's like the golden corral just outside the window at our house. And I'm telling you, now I'm just using this as an example, but I'm telling you that if there's any new thing or there's any new feed or if there's any whatever, we have it. Okay? She'll say, I need another post. I need another hook. I need another whatever because I bought this thing and I've learned this and I've discovered they like this. And so she... Spares no expense. Now, bear in mind, she tells me that her hobby will never exceed the expense of mine. And she's right. Okay. So I'm just saying. But anyway, so, so there isn't anything, Reed, that these birds do not have. And we have every bird known to man. And they just have a big time. You know, we'll get up in the morning and have coffee. Here they come, man. And they're just, you know, they're just, look at this. Check this out. Hey, mmm, yummy. And, you know, all that and this and that and the other. 
They don't worry about it. They know. Hey, just go to that house right there. 27781 Heckberry Road. Man, there's food there like no other. Huh? If you then, being natural, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to him that asks? And then he goes on finally. He says, seek first. Well, he just, his main thing is, is he's dealing with the issues of anxious, worried thought. And he's saying, look, get your eyes on the kingdom of heaven and do what it is that God wants you to do, and he'll make all the... How many of you in this house can attest to the fact that you were going down the road of life, doing whatever it is that you were doing, and all of a sudden, a promotion, a different job, an advancement, an increase, all of those things came your way? Probably all of us. Because when we put God first, he sees to it that we are cared for. Can you say amen? Amen. And then when we decide that we're going to be obedient doers of the word and begin to tithe, you know, the Bible says, you know, people, they argue, they'll fight against tithing like tooth and nail. Well, my God, I can't afford that. You know, I'm going to have to whatever. My opinion in that is you can't afford not to. It's just as simple as that. And here's the reason why. Because God said, he said, take me at my word. Prove me now herewith if I won't pour out a blessing upon which you're unable to receive. I tell you what, and here's the most important part of that whole deal. And he said, God said, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. What's that mean? He'll say, uh-uh, you're, no, you're not touching him. He, she, they, they're blessed because they're within, within and under the umbrella or the canopy of my blessing because they're doing what I asked them to do. It's not a curse, it's a blessing. Hallelujah. And people, you know, they'll talk all kind of ugly about, you know, uh, the church and they're all there. They're after your money and all this kind of business. Listen, I'm telling you, that whole line of thinking is from hell because Satan wants to keep the church weak so that she can't do what it is that she needs to do. Can you say amen? amen? We have resource. Lots of things can happen. And they do happen because of the generosity of people and their obedience to the kingdom of God. Thank God for chicken suppers. I had chicken last night. It's awesome. But it's not going to support the local church. Are you listening to me? So we get into, you know, line with what it is that God is saying, and we begin to put it into practice, and thank God the blessing of God comes. And you'll be tempted not to. Everybody is. I am. Have you ever been tight one month? And you're thinking, um, need to tithe. Uh, maybe no. Yeah, probably should. Um, I'll get it later. Am I in the right house? You know, it's, it's wild. When I start talking like this, everybody's, come on, you've all had the same thought. Come on. And maybe you just decide, well, I ain't going to do it this month. Well, that's on you. But I tell you what, I don't ever let that happen. I, 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 out loud, I'll be looking everything over. I'll go, devil, you keep talking to me and I'll give God twice as much. How would you like that? And all of a sudden it gets quiet. Because he sure enough don't want you to do, obey God. And he sure doesn't want you to double up. Well, anyway. So Listen. Let's everybody stand. I've talked long enough. Hallelujah. Woo! I preached myself happy. You say it must have been the chicken. It could have been. Praise God. But let's get to know him. I said let's get to know him. And here's another thing. You know him better than you think. It's just a lot of times the devil will say, well, you know, that's not really God. And if he was this and that and the other. Don't, don't, don't even listen to it. You know him better than that. Praise God. Let's remind ourselves. Some of you, you know him really well. You need, just need to remind yourself of who he is. Amen? And let God be God. And I don't know. You know, I, I just think, it, I think of it this way. Let's get over into the fast lane of faith. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I don't like to drive in the slow lane. How many of you don't like to drive in the slow lane? You know, the problem with people in the slow lane is, is that they're too hesitant. I never know what they're going to do. Get over in the fast lane, man. Praise God, they know what they're going to do. Woo! Hallelujah. And God wants you to get over into the fast lane of faith and experience His power. 
and obey God. Glory to God. How many of you want to obey God? All right, let's pray together. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for this day we've had together. I thank you, Father God, for the edification of the church through the Word of God. And Father God, I thank you for causing men and women that are discouraged, that somehow or another feel as though, Father, there's this despair or, or even oppression, Father, that's come upon them. Father, today we're shaking that snake off into the fire in the name of Jesus. And Father God, I want to thank you for your grace and your blessing on every home, every family, every, every individual, Father, that their life is blessed in you because you're a good God, hallelujah, and you want them to be strong. Make this confession and prayer of faith with me, would you? Church, say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your living word that is always true in my life and that you, Lord, are working mightily in my life to bring about your will. Thank you, Lord, for good things in these last days for every child of God, and that includes me. And I thank you, Lord, for your blessing in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, while your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. Now, you know, I mentioned it just briefly here, but if you've never asked Christ to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life, dear friend, listen, um, that's where it starts. I mean, I had religion until I was 19. It did nothing for me. You know, people say, well, I believe in God. Well, the devil believes in God. My question is, is have you ever surrendered your heart to him and asked him to become the Lord of your life? I mean, really surrendered it to him. Because that's where life begins. That's where eternal life starts. That's what Jesus came and paid an incredible price for. So while you're there and everyone's heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around, if you're here today and you'd say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, you know, uh, I don't know that I've ever made that decision. I mean, I've talked about it and I've thought, you know, but I, I don't know that I really have. But today I want to. If that happens to be you, where you're standing, with every head bowed, eye closed, would you slip up your hand? We want to pray with you. We don't want to embarrass you, but we want to pray with you so that you can know him. You say, well, I've been baptized in water and I'm a member of a different church. Well, I'm glad for that, but that doesn't save you. I do know that saved people get baptized, but do you know him? That's the question. Anyone as I look one more time before we pray? All right, sir, thank you. God bless you. Anyone else? Never made the decision before. Uh, I, I can put it to you another way. Do you want to go to heaven? Well, it, it, the, the only door, the only gate into the kingdom of heaven and eternal life is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Join this one that raised their hand. All right. Together, church, we're going to pray a prayer. Uh, the person that raised their hand, if you'll pray this prayer out loud, loud enough for you to hear yourself say it, and just let your heart agree with it, I guarantee you that God will meet you right where you are and he will make you a new creation in Christ Jesus. Let's all pray this prayer together. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today without reservation and I give you all of my heart, all of my soul, and all of my mind. Forgive me, Lord, of all my sin. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Congratulations.